Hello, and welcome to This Thing Called Life, a podcast dedicated to sharing stories about acts of giving, kindness, compassion, and humanity. Your host, Andy Johnson, will introduce you to powerful stories about organ, eye, and tissue donation from individuals, families, and healthcare teams whose experiences will inspire you and remind you that while life is hard, unpredictable, and imperfect, it's also beautiful. We are so happy you're here. Now, let's join the show. Welcome to This Thing Called Life. I'm your host, Andy Johnson, and I want to thank you so much for listening today, and I hope you are doing well. My guest today is Pastor Chris Beard, leader, lead pastor of the People's Church located near the University of Cincinnati. And I'm going to give a quick shout out to the Bearcats uh, football team, and they're headed to the Cotton Bowl. We're really excited. So go Bearcats. (laughs) I'm really excited to have Pastor Chris with us today because uh, we're going to talk a bit about the whole concept of just faith and how that intersects with the idea of organ, eye, and tissue donation. Uh, we just wrapped up National Donor Sabbath Month, and National Donor Sabbath is a time when faith leaders or maybe people in their congregation uh, take time out to highlight donation within their places of worship. Often donation is viewed as a final act of giving uh, by many faiths. And so it's just a time to come together where people in different congregations who have a connection to donation share their experience. And so I think it's great timing to have Pastor Chris with us today. I also want to encourage you to visit lifepassiton.org just to get more information about organized tissue donation. Or if you want to get your house of worship involved, you can do so there. So with that, I want to welcome Pastor Chris to the show. Hello, and how are you? Hi, Andy. Great to be with you. Thank you so much for, for being here. So just to give some background to our guests, how long have you been in the ministry? I've been serving here at People's Church for about 30 years. Wow. Uptown Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you have a very diverse congregation, which I think is just you know, I love that because so often houses of worship tend to not be that way. But Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. what I've learned about your church, and I am going to come one Sunday because my coworker, Audrey, has encouraged me. (laughs) I am going to come (laughs) because I wanted to see it, but um, and be a part of it. But how, so you've been there 30 years. How large is your congregation? Uh, We average during COVID right now, about 500 on a a Sunday, counting the children and everybody. We have uh, three different language services, of course, English, but also the Amharic language, which is Ethiopian and Spanish. And so we're about 25% African-American, about 50% Caucasian-American, and then uh, the rest international, maybe 35 different nations uh, attending. And we call it church like heaven on earth because of the picture of heaven of every language group and tribe and tongue gathered worshiping Jesus in the book of revelation. But then Jesus also taught us to pray, father, your will on earth yes, as it is in heaven. And so uh, clearly in my mind, and I think from the new Testament scriptures, 
he has a, a vision for people in one body in ministries to be diverse that reflect humanity. And uh, the Bible even talks about he went to the cross for one new humanity, mm. that the walls of hostility would be torn down. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times we don't talk about scriptures like that because it's easier to do faith communities with people just like me mm-hmm. <laughs> in my socioeconomic group, my my culture group, my ethnic group, because easy is easier. <laughs> right. But he paid for something far more important than that. And that is a diverse unity that would demonstrate his life. And, you know, for, for us, that includes giving, that includes generosity, that includes um, thinking as much about others as we do about ourselves. And it's, it's, it's really important to, to learn that I think in diverse communities, because that's where we really recognize the, the, the richness of all of those around us that, Mm -hmm. Um, we haven't maybe experienced in our own family, but here it is. Right. So yeah, this church has been in a process of 20 years of moving from homogeneity into this kind of a multicultural reality. And so our church name changed about 10 years ago. So it, so it, what you're saying then is it, it evolved into this diverse congregation and yeah, it, was, it was an intentional decision to, yes. to follow the scriptures and mm-hmm. the vision of jesus you know intentionality changes things and his help the holy spirit in us the the truth of his word a clear vision and then everybody working hard and we still do we still, we're still still learning so much you know mm-hmm. there's a lot to learn mm-hmm. and uh you know one of the d- diverse inclusions for us has been audrey's passion around organ donation. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also have medical doctors and medical nurses in the congregation and my own daughter's in medical school. And so I know the importance of donated bodies mm-hmm. and body parts mm-hmm. for the science of medicine, which brings more healing and more life for more people. And uh, well, and I, I agree with you. Um, one of the one of the things that I've heard sometimes, and actually a, a guest a few episodes ago, who was actually a kidney recipient and very much immersed in her church family, and and that is just a part of who she is. And she shared that when she had expressed to her her church family, you know, her need, her need for a kidney. Um, she said she felt like in a lot of ways that she was kind of discouraged from bringing that up because it was this idea of you don't want to claim that. And I don't know if that's something you can Mm. speak to, uh, but that was something interesting that I, you know, have I heard that? Yes. But I just, in the context Mm -hmm. of just kind of something being life-saving, you know, I I don't know. It just, it it was was odd to me. You know, my tribe, the part of the church that I'm part of is the Pentecost and Charismatic. We as People's Church embrace the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Within that church tribe in the nation, you have this belief that you don't say the negative thing because then the negative thing will happen. Instead, say the positive thing so the positive thing will happen. And what they're trying to say is speak life. Yes. But speak life means speaking the truth. (laughs) Jesus taught, speak the truth in love. So not, not speak denial. Right. I hope you get it, <laughs> but speak the truth yes. in, in love. And there'll be, there'll be, that's life giving. And so 
I think that's just a naive, immature way of the church to think about things like your friend who who needed a kidney. Mm-hmm. I think honestly, I think when we when we're asked something that's costly of us or of our organization, we we look for reasons to push against it because we don't we don't want that high of a price. Yes, it's the same. You know, we have a foster care crisis in our city of Cincinnati. So that means more of us needing to step up to provide respite care, to give a break to foster parents, more of us stepping up to do the a bajillion hours of training to become a foster parent. Mm-hmm. But it's costly. It's a high ask. But everybody doesn't have to do the most costly thing. Some can just be people who pray or support with finances or provide a car seat. Everybody can do something. In the, in the same way, with organ donation, at least use positive language. Don't discourage it. Right. You can help by saying, this is a good thing. This may not be for me right. to do, but someone will will step up. I, I think that's great. Let's pray for that. Let's pray for there to be someone who's able and willing and is a good match. That's what I think a church should think about. Yes. Yes. I definitely agree. I know that during, so just during my time here with Life Center, I have spoken to faith leaders who were against donation um, Mm -hmm. and just in opposition of it. And I've, you know, again, I've, what I had come to learn is, you know, this is, this really is an act of giving. And I feel like most faiths, kind of the foundation is about giving of yourself to mm-hmm. others to help mm-hmm. others. So I, I never understood that conflict, but it was something, you know, I just, I felt like that that's, that was their position. I'm, I'm going to respect it, but I never quite understood it. So I don't know if mm-hmm. you had some thoughts on that as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think again, there's within the Christian tradition, within evangelicalism or fundamentalism, especially you have this this sense of if if my body isn't buried whole, how will I be raised from the dead whole? Mm-hmm. That's where that comes from. Mm-hmm. But again, it's naive and it's not scripturally based because the reality is just the science of it is Correct. our bodies disintegrate and are totally right. dust. And uh, people have been cremated from the earliest of times and even early Christians were burned at the stake Mm -hmm. for their faith persecuted. Does that mean they won't be raised whole? Right. No, it doesn't mean that the Lord can, you know, call the molecules of bodies from all parts of the universe, which he created. It's all his Mm -hmm. to bring to life and give a new spiritual body. And that's, that's the reality. So the, 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 the challenge usually comes from naive reading or naive, naive application of scripture, mm-hmm. not thinking through the whole of scripture. Um, there is a promise of a new earth and a new heaven in the Christian scriptures. And uh, that there's even a promise of that in the Hebrew scriptures, the mm-hmm. Old Testament scriptures. Mm-hmm. Our God, who is our creator, knows how to figure all that out. In the meantime, Let's do everything we can do to help give life and quality of life for for everyone. Mm-hmm. And so while, yes, we might believe for and pray for a miracle of healing, um, we also have the miracle of our intellect and being created in the image of God. We have an intellect like he does mm-hmm. being 
created by the creator, we have the ability for creative thinking. Yes. <laughs> like, like God and there, thereby let's trust the gifts in the scientists and the artists and the, the engineers of this world to, to do what they do to bring quality of life. And that's, right. that's where I would, how I would respond to all of that. Oh, that's, that's deep. <laughs> I gotta say, I just I had never thought of it that way. But again, I, I agree with you. One of the other things I wanted to talk about is, you know, this is this is a time of, you know, we're going into the holidays and people are um celebrating, but for a lot of people, this may not be a, a mm. happy time because they right. are grieving a loss. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, as a a, a pastor, and mm-hmm. you know, what would you offer to our listeners um, who may be struggling, who may be struggling mm-hmm. at this time? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a sadness from loss that is never fully overcome. I think, you know, grief is something that's with us for a lifetime. It may not be as fresh. 10 years after a loss as it is one year after a loss, but it's still there. My wife and I lost a baby girl at 26 weeks into the pregnancy. I'm very um, sorry. 20, thank you. 25 years ago. Right. And that's as fresh to me today as a memory. And the feeling of loss is still there. The pain is not as fresh as it was then or as deep, right. but maybe deep isn't the right word. It's, it's just not as painful in the mm-hmm. current moment, but it's still every March 11th, my wife and I shed some mm-hmm. tears and, 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 you know, I get choked up thinking about the loss of Sophia now. Mm-hmm. So loss is real. It's, 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 it's something, it's part of life and the holidays make it fresh because it's when we have spent so many hours and days together with our loved ones. Mm-hmm. And so we, we feel their absence. And so I, I think, you know, my encouragement is tell the stories and share the memories and laugh the laughs and cry the tears. Mm-hmm. It's the Bible says, uh, grieve with those who grieve or mourn with those who mourn and uh, rejoice with those who rejoice. And I think there's, there's healing in, in sharing with other friends about these, these things, these memories uh, these feelings, these losses, these people who are dear to us, there's healing. I think of, you know, those of us that have, have had recent loss. I think if we, if we can, we should talk about what we're experiencing with someone close. If we don't have anyone close to find a good counselor, <laughs> if we can't find that, find a faith community where we can, we can just be honest before living God about our, our, our fears and our, our sense of pain. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think that that's great advice. Um, I just, you know, I've found, especially over the last year and a half when people are, you know, isolating more than they may have been. Um, mm-hmm. It's just that the, the holidays have just become tough, um, especially for those mm-hmm. that have experienced a loss of someone yeah. close to them. So I think it's just so important that we try not to isolate. We try to yeah. surround ourselves 
around the people yeah. that are going to love on us and just, you know, build into us. Um, and I think that's, that's really important. So. Yeah. We're made to be social beings. We really we are. <laughs> yes. Yes, we really are. So the other question that I wanted to pose is um, what would you say to someone who, again, is very much ingrained in their faith in God, um, but just believes, you know what, I, I, I don't want to be a donor. I just, I want to go, I want to, when I go, I want to go whole, as my father would say, I just yeah. want to go the way I came in. My father is 82 yeah. years old and yeah. was a Southern Baptist and that's just what he believes. And so, you know, that these are people who have giving hearts and, and want to help people, but there's just somewhere in them, there's this, there's this struggle. What would, what would you say to someone like that? Well, I think I, w I would say that's, that's okay. Mm -hmm. That's actually okay. You're not alone. Right. I would encourage them though, not to discourage others. Mm -hmm. You know, don't, don't apply what you think is, is best for you or what you think is good theology um, to the detriment of others because you could be wrong in your theology. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so be careful. You know, do some more thinking and, and praying about that. Do some more searching in the scriptures. And, and we really we really base this idea of I want to be whole and go as whole on just a couple of verses that don't actually talk about it, mm -hmm. but just talk about we will be raised. You know, what is, there's this passage in 1 Corinthians 15, your dad probably knows it really well. It talks about this body that we have now, it's uh, mortal. Yes. And, it, and there's pain and there's aches and there's, and I, I, I long to be clothed with immortality or what, it, what Paul's really talking about is the, the spiritual body like Jesus has after the resurrection, like he has now. Mm -hmm. We're going to have one like that. The Bible teaches in the New Testament that he's the first of the resurrected and he's the firstborn of the resurrection, meaning there'll be others that follow. He's the firstborn, but there's going to be a lot more. Oh, and there's wow. those that are in Christ will, will have, but, but for that new body, there's just all, all that is needed is the, is, is the, a molecule of our, <laughs> who we are. Right. And the Lord will find that and use that. And uh, I think we, we have such a poor theology of new earth and new heaven that we make a lot of decisions in, in the current day out of a lack of knowledge of this future new earth, which is going to be better than anything we can ever imagine. It's going to be real. Mm -hmm. C.S. Lewis wrote a book about it. And in his book, he talks about where we live now. These are the shadow lands where we will be in the new earth, which will be like better than the garden of Eden. It'll be the original design. It'll be here. It'll be real. It'll be with life. Like we've always wanted, not, floating on a cloud with a harp. That's, that's not even the Bible. You know, it's not like some place in outer space. It's, it's, it's what is, what is spiritual and what is physical will be united. All things will be united under Christ. First Corinthians 15 says that same scripture where it talks about my body is mortal. And I wish it was spiritual and immortal is the one that says everything's going to be united under God. 
as it originally was meant to be before the fall of man. So I would say to them, it's okay. Don't mm-hmm. feel like anybody's trying to get you to do something right. that you don't feel good about. But mm-hmm. don't stop learning and growing and, and studying the scriptures. And in the meantime, don't discourage others because it can be the, be the difference between life and death for a child. Right. right. You know, or the difference between sight or non-sight, you know, eyes. Yes. <laughs> or no eyes or, right. or skin graft and no skin, you know, right. the t- tissue donation is just as important as the organ donation. Yes. And a lot of people, we just, we, we don't want to be right. We don't want to be mandated to, it's like this whole thing that's no. happening in the country right now. People don't like that. Right. But I think what we say to each other is stay open-minded. Right. The truth will always survive. <laughs> it is. And that's, a, you're right. And I think it's yeah. so important that, people seek the truth. You know, unfortunately, a lot of times these, these myths around the topic of donation, mm-hmm. they, they sit in families for generations and, mm-hmm. um, and, and they somehow yeah. then become factual. And, and so, yeah. you know, it's just, it's really taking time. And also I think it's building trust with, mm-hmm. you know, there, there are, we have populations here that were, you know, our African American population was not treated very right. well, and that, you know, yes, was it many years ago? Yes, but it. Yeah. We still know what that was, and we know the pain. And so, I think from there, there yeah. builds a distrust that we, and you know, Audrey and myself right. and others, like we're constantly just, you know. We, we honor your truth. We realize that, yes, that these things did happen, but how do we move forward so that we can mm-hmm. help others, many of which who are, yeah. most of which are African-Americans waiting for kidney transplant? Well, think about what you, 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 the importance of what you just said about some of the racism in, in mm-hmm. medical history in America and in the history of, of medical studies. Mm-hmm. What what was so sinfully, wrongfully done with respect to people of color, the story of that is now today also keeping people of color from life and health. Right. So it's like having a double impact. Yep. That it should have never, it shouldn't have had an impact in the first place. It was wrong, but it ought not have an impact continuing today because of a lack of trust based mm-hmm. on that, that sinful history. Let's, let's bring the history into the light. And talk about it. Yes. And let's talk about what's been done to to change it yes. today. I was just today actually looking up some information about a young doctor out of this church. She was in Ebony Magazine mm-hmm. 17, 18 years ago, a graduate of Walnut Hills High School here in Cincinnati and named top 50 black graduates mm. that year. She went on to Harvard and then she went to Yale for her medical degree. And now she works in medicine in Southern California. Mm. Wrote to me, Okawade. It's spelled Okunade, but it's Okawade. Okawade. But I just think about how important it is to tell the stories. And so a young girl at church with her mom and dad Sunday told me she's studying at Walnut Hills High School. Mm. I said, really? And she's only 14 or 15. And I said, do you know, not quite 20, not, not even 20 years ago, another young lady mm-hmm. was here with her mom and dad. Today, she's a medical doctor wow. in Southern California after Yale Medical School. 
And I just, her eyes just got so big. And this was a young woman of color. Why do I tell you this? Because the story of today is just as important and powerful as those stories from the past. We need to bring the truth out from the past so that there can be truth and reconciliation and, and wrongs made right. Right. But then we also need the power of what God is doing today, like through your leadership, Andy and Audrey's mm-hmm. with organ, eye and tissue do- donation. Mm-hmm. We need to talk about these things because the, the telling of the stories that are true will diminish the power of the myths. That was very powerful. I just, what you just said is just, uh, just gave me goosebumps because you're absolutely correct. You're absolutely correct. We have to differentiate between the story of today and, and, and what has happened in the past, but we have to also acknowledge and recognize what happened. And, and as you said, right those wrongs, but the, the powers in the stories, I absolutely agree. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else that you'd like to add as we, as we wrap I, up? I think just, um, let's, let's be strategic about the new and younger generation about this organ eye and tissue donation will probably increase more with uh, Gen Z and the generation coming behind them than any other generation. So, you know, I think, yes, let's encourage our, our faith communities like you're doing with this podcast, but also I would just like to encourage us all to think about the next generation and, and, and point them to the science, mm-hmm. you know, it's powerful. Point them to the success of organ transplant mm-hmm. uh, today, mm-hmm. and um, and and the, and we need more stories of those who received the donation, mm-hmm. the quality of life they're having, the year, the years of quality of life that have been added, and hearing their stories will inspire others also. Yes. Yes. To give. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Pastor Chris, I really appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule and, and, and talking with me today. I want to thank you for your leadership, uh, not only within your church, but, but in our community. We just appreciate everything that you're doing to just lift up so many. Um, so thank you for that and empower us. So thank you for that. You're welcome. Thanks for those words. Thank Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. So as I close today's show, uh, I urge you to think about the fact that there are more than 90,000 men, women, and children in need of life-saving kidney transplants in our country today. And we were really fortunate to have Pastor Chris with us just to talk about faith and as it relates to organ, eye, and tissue donation. And I really appreciate the the, the biblical references um, to help kind of tie this all together. Um, but I also encourage everyone to learn more about what this decision means. Do your research, talk with people uh, who have gone through this experience as either a donor family, a recipient, or a living donor. You know, 90,000 is a lot of people. These are people we know. They live in our communities. They have families. And all of them are trying to live a purposeful and fulfilling life. And so we want to leave this world a better place uh, for generations to come, as, as Pastor Chris alluded to earlier. So what can you do to help? Well, if you're not registered, again, seek out that information and educate yourself um, and just really 
you've got to discern what is misinformation and what is facts. And so I truly encourage you to do that uh, by speaking with a medical professional or again, someone who has gone through that experience. Um, you can also register to be a donor. Uh, you can learn more about being a living kidney donor because again, the vast majority of the people waiting are in need of a life-saving kidney transplant. So I wanna thank everyone for listening. I wanna wish everyone a, a safe and blessed holiday and just please be kind to yourself and to others. Thank you so much. This episode is brought to you by Life Center. You have the potential to help save and enhance the lives of others, those who suffer from chronic illness or the effects of traumatic events. Statistics have shown that a new name is added to the national waiting list every 10 minutes. You have the opportunity to help others and save lives. You have the power to donate life. By designating your decision to become a donor, you have the opportunity to change the lives of many and save up to eight lives. Ohio, Kentucky, and Indiana say yes to donation by registering to become an organ, eye, or tissue donor today. Go to lifepassiton.org for more information. Thanks to LifeSetter for their continued support. Thank you for listening to This Thing Called Life. Subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your favorite podcast to make sure you get updates on all new episodes. And we would truly appreciate it if you would share, like, or give us a review to help us grow.